Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Hi, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast, a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey and only hockey. <laughs> Did we get in trouble lately? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. That's, that was my immediate thing. I was like, what happened? Oh, yeah. yeah. We lost Terry. <laughs> we lost Terry. Oh, no, we lost Terry. <laughs> See what happens? This all started with Harambe. <laughs> what was that the cincinnati zoo yeah. ohio does nothing for this world <laughs> all of this started with harambe well that must have been one of our one of our weirder openings yep some people will get it others won't moving on welcome to the winged wheel podcast i'm ryan hannah i'm sad i'm evan i had oh, nothing I that's all right uh it's yeah, okay it's sunday hey we have to uh Ask Brad about what uh, what he was watching on Saturday and how his Saturday went. I watched the Canada semifinal game. Right. What else? Uh, the Kitchen Rangers played the Niagara Ice Dogs. Anything else? There's a scene missing in in that. <laughs> I can't recall. You blacked out for a little while? I blacked out. On yeah. Saturday? What was I? Saturday? Oh, there was a, a Buffalo Bills game, no. I believe. Oh. I'm, un- I'm unfamiliar with that. I did watch that. <laughs> it's Look, if you guys lost, you guys, for, for those of you who don't know, Brad... <laughs> For some reason, as a Buffalo Bills fan, which is, I think, actually worse than being a Lions fan. Because if you're a Lions fan, you Thank know what you. you get. Lions fans were angry with me because that, like, I, I didn't even say being a Bills fan was worse than being a Lions fan. But because I was complaining about the Bills on Twitter, they're like, try being a Lions fan. And I'm like, man, I lost four straight Super Bowls, won 17 years without a playoff game. I'm 32 years old. And the last playoff when the Bills had, I was seven. I, man, it's hard to top that. And yeah, the Lions are bad. But I'm just saying, at worst, it's close. Yeah, like I come into every season knowing what to expect. I'm like, it's the Lions, man. They win their first game and everyone's like, is this your year? I'm like, no, it's certainly not. Watch, it's all going to come come crashing down. I start with no hope and that way you can't hurt me. You, on the other hand, were up 60 nothing with, what, seven minutes left in the third quarter of a wild card playoff game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, this is what angers me because the objectively going into this season, the Bills were supposed to be trash. Like... Experts were predicting them to go three and thirteen, four and twelve, two and fourteen. I should be thrilled they just made the playoffs as convincingly as they did. This team can't suck like a normal team. They are the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. They will get a four-one lead and then blow it. This was our it was four-one, and then they had about nine chances to win it in the fourth quarter in <laughs> overtime. Yeah, I was watching that game. I was like, this does not seem normal. Like I've never seen another team do this to themselves. Like, they like had, I don't watch had, a lot of football, but they I, had they were in field goal range in overtime, uh, going into a third down, and they take a fifteen-yard penalty to knock themselves was that out an, of field. Was goal that range. an overtime? That was in overtime. I saw that. I was like, why is their quarterback running backwards when they were in field goal range? Why didn't he just eat it? Oh, no, no. That was different. Oh. Does that that was, twice? Oh, it's... I can't. I can't. Like, <laughs> the first thought I had, too, is uh, Crystal was watching the game with me, and she goes, well, at least we won't have to watch them anymore this year. And I'm like, yeah, now we have the red wing. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Um, I will actually make the donation into the proverbial jar before we get a jar someday on your behalf for this one. Cause I brought it up. 
Um, Don't worry, I won't be talking about them again until the season starts. And even then, maybe not. We have a lot of hockey to talk about on this podcast. We're going to actually start off. Yeah, let's stick there forever and ever and ever. Just so Terry comes back. We're going to start with the uh, World Juniors uh, and then head over to the Red Wings before getting into some other topics. And then over time, um, the dog. Abby's very uh, fond of these two. Abby's my big, dumb idiot. And uh, she was so excited when they came to the door. I grabbed her lead to hold her back. Did you and- preface that this is a dog? Yeah, yeah. Oh, did I say big, dumb idiot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you said <laughs> something about holding her leash. <laughs> and like, Abby, that, that name could go a lot of ways. That could go a lot of ways. That's the dog. And uh, she learned that I hold uh, her collar. That She learned that. And then, to so today when I grabbed it, she backed up and slipped her head out of it because she has a huge neck and a t- smaller head for her size and then ran back at them. Um, so she's currently outside the door because she wants to be close to them. Uh, before we start talking about... Um, don't know how I should feel that Ryan's dog likes us more than Ryan does. Normal. That should be normal. Yeah, that doesn't phase me. Yeah. yeah. If that dog kn- knew the nuance of what it was like to talk to you guys, but she would still probably love you. She's very stupid. <laughs> uh, before we start talking about hockey this episode, I do want, want to do a quick aside. Um, things are on fire in the world, literally, uh, in Australia right now. And for those of you who listen to the podcast or are on Twitter, I and everything, you'll know that there's a very big contingent of uh, Red Wings fans across the pond uh, down under in Australia. Um, Some of them have banded together uh, primarily through their uh, Aussie Red Wings fan Facebook group, um, and they loop me in on this, and they're they're starting a GoFundMe to just um, raise some funds from a Red Wings fan perspective uh, to support any good causes I can to uh, to help, but they basically just want to help out however they can. So uh, they've actually already raised almost six hundred dollars, which is amazing. Um, and I can see in this chat right now they're chatting about sending it to you know Red Cross, to Wildlife Relief, to uh, people whose homes have been damaged or lost, things like that. Um, Hockey Town is you know, all Red Wings fans. And it would be really great to see us band together. So uh, we tweeted out the link. And then I think uh, a few different people have as well. Uh, Anthony Polifrone and and some other people. Uh, I think James Valeno on Twitter has done it. And uh, Rowan might have even done it in the midst of all of his trolling on Twitter as well. So uh, take a look at that. It's it, you feel helpless doing nothing or you feel like you can't do anything. And so I can definitely empathize with them just wanting to do something uh, for a place that they call home. So uh, just know guys that uh, all of hockey town stands behind you and uh, we're with you on this. Uh, All right. The world juniors ended just a few hours ago in dramatic fashion. So uh, it was Canada, Russia in the finals. Uh, The U S got bounced by Finland in the quarters. um, And then, Canada took on, or who bounced? Yeah, Sweden over Finland. No, Canada over Finland in the semis. Canada over Finland, Russia Russia over Sweden Sweden in the semis, yeah. And that was an overtime goal for Russia? Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, Yeah, that was a wild game. It was 3-1. It was 3-1. In the third period. Um, The 3-2 goal came almost immediately after the 3-1 goal. So that it it was more or less a one-goal game for the majority of it. Uh, The Red Wings, or the Red Wings... (laughs) Team Canada, very much not the Red Wings. Team Canada scored three unanswered goals uh, to go up 4-3. Uh, the dramatic part of this came at the end when Russia uh, was on the power play with like two minutes, 30 seconds left. And then I don't know how much was left on that power play. Maybe another 30 seconds. Um, Canada cleared the puck over the glass and it deflected off a camera that was set behind the glass. And I think the initial call was that it was going to be a... Um, 
a penalty for a delay of game, but for some reason it got waved off. And I think it had to do with the camera. They thought maybe the fact that it hit the camera was why, uh, or, or, or made it so it didn't count. But the thing is that camera was set back from the class. So that should have been a penalty and that was a missed call. And that would have been a five on three for the Russians at the end of the game. Oh yeah. TSN first star. Yeah, for real. And that was their camera. So, and the refs wouldn't have had that angle cause they don't, get those angles from however no. they review calls um so that drastically changed the ending of that game i don't even want to begin to pretend to know the review rules in the IHF now like uh, the the disparity between penalty calls and what's reviewable and what's a headshot and everything in international hockey it's compared a twilight to, zone yeah it's all kind of wacky but um canada did come back and win um a little bit dramatic a little bit controversial but uh kind of came th- or they came through in the end uh barrett hayton pretty much had what was it a wrist injury shoulder he shoulder a- he went into the board uh so they it came out after he had a shoulder minor separation. minor shoulder separation jakes uh can speak it sucks i had a yeah. dislocation but similar enough i i can't fathom him playing the next day with that i actually i couldn't move my arm for a month on a basic dislocation Separation's worse than a dislocation it's it's unreal that he played through that and scored and scored he ripped one yeah he was screaming after and that was definitely in pain not celebration (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah the the whole game was tougher for canadian for the canadian team than anything you've seen because their only loss in the tournament came previously to the russians six nothing um alex alexi lafreniere undoubted mvp of the tournament through and through and that's what he was named in the end yep I've never been more sure of like Lafreniere being first overall than after this tournament. Yeah, it's small sample size, but I don't think Quinton Byfield played a shift in the gold medal game. And Lafreniere is the tournament MVP. I understand he's a year older and that makes a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Not discounting that because Lafreniere wasn't super noticeable at the World Juniors last year, but there's a sizable gap. If if no other reason you pick Lafreniere first overall now. Because you know. You know. There's no question marks around him. You know. Yeah. Could Byfield... He's objectively more ready as well. Yeah. Which a lot of teams are looking for. Yeah. You could make the case. If the Red Wings do win the draft lottery, Lafreniere's on their first line next year. That kid... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like, right away, no questions about it. No easing him in. He is the best winger on that team, bar none. Probably the best player. The way he rips that puck... Like... Yeah, two goals in the semis, I believe. Mm -hmm. The way he rips that puck, you forget that that's not even the best part of his game. Yeah, his awareness on the ice is unreal. And even on the little nuances, the and the things he can do coupled with the nuances, which the perfect summary of that was his first goal against Finland, the backhand, Mm -hmm. where he picked it up. Uh, was streaking down his off wing. Nolan Foot hit him with a pass. He had it on his back. Great pass by Foot. Yeah. And the whole play was setting up for Lafreniere to reach around and tuck it forehand, right? Because that. But he crossed his left hand around his body. And as soon as the goalie leaned like he was going to go, just a little, little chip backhand over the goalie. So A, the awareness to do that. B, the creativity to do that. And that cross-body backhand, I can't stress enough how difficult that is. I couldn't put the puck in that spot on my backhand if I was trying to do it on my... Like, with like, my 
the, like a, with a proper backhand. With my shoulders is right now, I couldn't even get into position to take that shot. I've seen two players do that consistently based on the hockey that I've watched, and it's Detsuk and Zetterberg. I've seen Patrick Kane do it. I, I, yeah, like you, that's the caliber of player you have to be to, to yeah. execute that shot. The level of difficulty there is insane. And he made it, it was smooth as butter. His awareness, his hands, his vision, his creativity, his shot. If he was a slightly better skater, this would have never even been a debate about Byfield versus Lafreniere. If anyone was worried about driving the play because he's a winger and not a centerman, yeah. <laughs> watch, go watch any of his highlights from this tournament and you'll see. This guy drives the play from the wing and that's not going to be an issue. Yeah, you would prefer a center, but <laughs> it's Alexi Lafreniere. You'll be whoever gets him is going to be laughing. God, I hope it's us. Oh yeah. man, actually, let's do a fun game. Just, just Are you very quickly on early. I'm just going to do one tankathon. That's it. Sim the lottery. Dun da da da. We're not doing another one. We're not doing <laughs> That's another. It. One. That's we it. it. We got it. Lafreniere's ours. Chicago can have Raymond. Uh, Ottawa can have Byfield. That's whatever. I don't care. That's all we need. Uh, you know what I do like is that even after Ottawa has San Jose's slot right now, uh, they still come up as less of a chance than Detroit. Even with two? Even with two. Right now. Interesting. Yes. Because um, San Jose, well, where are they? Right now they are at a uh, chance of first overall 7.5%. Oh, no, they've passed. Never mind. They've passed them. San Jose, stop sucking. <laughs> so that was... Uh, a great result for Canadian fans, American fans. Therefore again, the world. And therefore the world. Um, amazing that Hayton played. Uh, amazing that Lafreniere came back and missed one game and not a beat otherwise. Um, I thought he missed two games. No, he got hurt very early in the yes. second game. Uh, Americans, another disappointing result. Um, Sweden, another disappointing result. Yeah. Even if they got third place. They haven't lost a round-robbing game since 2006 and have one gold medal to show for it. Yeah, you know, the, the one stat is really good. The other stat is really not good. Yeah, it's not great. All Swedish, no finish. <laughs> How long were you sitting on that? Two seconds. Oh, whoa, whoa, I can think on the fly. Boom. I don't plan out my entire podcast script eight hours in advance. Grow up. Only dude. one of us does. <laughs> and it's Brad. We all know it's Brad. <laughs> um, the... Yeah, the, the the Americans, I think, had a tough draw. And I even said this before the game. Playing the Finns in the quarters sucks if you're uh, in America. Anyone. Canada so, got finished last year by them. Yeah. Like, it's... Oh, <laughs> piss off. <laughs> Evan can't have the only one. That's true. Um, that was a tough draw. And you know what? Like, there, it's not like that result is extremely surprising or out of this world. But with that caliber of team, you would have expected them to do better. I think they wanted a lot more out of Cole Caulfield. I think they would have wanted more out of Turcotte. Um, I wasn't a fan of how they use Beecher on the ice. Uh, it didn't quite make sense to me. Zegras was out of this world. Zegras was lights out. Nine assists in five games. No big deal. Um, the American program needs to do better. I think with it's because the- they cut Master Simone. That's that's exactly that's why. why. Yeah, sh- for shame. You cut Master. You cut the Mastro. You get guys help me. Guys help me. I'm committed. You cut the Mastro, you gotta go. You got the Astro. <laughs> I got nothing. You get kicked <clears throat> in the Astro. <laughs> and that's this episode of the Wingsville Podcast. <laughs> um, and then the Swedes as well. Like with the level of talent you have there, uh, yeah, the Russians were an incredible squad, and by all rights, 
you know, you could argue that they were the best team in the tournament with how they played. Um, but with that many years of success, like they would trade in that round robin record for at least one more gold medal. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the felt, Swedish goalie didn't have the greatest semifinal game ever. So, you know, they'd have won had they played Eliasson, the Red Wings prospect, their backup goalie. So this is all the teams who didn't play Red Wings prospects lost. You sit Eliasson, you're going to die, son. And thanks for tuning in to the. <laughs> Speaking of Red Wings that played a lot, Team Canada won a gold medal with Jared McIsaac as one of their leading ice time uh, getters for defensemen. And Joe Valeno, I believe, led all forwards in ice time for Team Canada. So there you go. Red Wings prospects equal success. That's all I'm taking from this tournament and nothing else. Joe Valeno was lights out. I know I've said that defensively. Uh, yeah, like he, like his, he was all over the ice. And you see exactly what uh, the Red Wings management were saying to him when they said, you have these tools, can you start using them? And that's when he rounded out his two-way game. And it was like, yeah, Joe, you can go and play junior hockey and dummy all these kids and put up, you know, 140 points. But learn some defensive responsibilities because you're going to need that in the NHL. And then it's like a whole different Joe Valeno that we're seeing these that we saw in these world juniors. He was a point per game player in this tournament, only had one goal, but he was Philip Zadina levels of snake bitten. And oh my god this, he should have had four five if not six he celebrated two goals that didn't go in the net because he was so sure they were going in and either hit the post or got robbed he uh the puck flipped up on a stick when all he had to do was like bank it high and it launched into the stratosphere and you're like no joe buddy that one hurts yeah he was uh for as good as he was his numbers could have been even better and had he, three or four of those goals went in he might have had a case for a player of the tournament over uh, Lafreniere. Hayton obviously made a hell of a case for himself too. But, I mean, Valeno was their Swiss Army knife. He was playing every situation. There were power plays. He was out the entire two minutes. He was out every other shift on the penalty kill, which against Russia today was a lot because Canada spent half the first period shorthanded. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, and it was a hell of a tournament for Valeno. I'm still not entirely convinced his offensive ceiling is going to be there at the NHL level, but he's going to be a middle six centerman. There's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, if you put him with Lafreniere. Hello. That's not a bad way to maximize your talent. Yeah. But hear me out. Lafreniere and Larkin. (laughs) I don't even want. We don't deserve. Lafreniere, Larkin, Mantha. Do they score five goals per game or six goals per game? (laughs) I don't even want to think about it because we're just going to get hurt. We're legitimately just going to get hurt. I know. We have an 82 out of 100 chance of being really angry. Yep. Yeah, just about 81.5. Yeah. Well, what's our odds at second overall? Uh, uh, let me look that up. Dun, 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 dun. You do a jig while I while I find this. No. Uh, talk about actually more at cider if you want to talk about someone eating minutes. Who had almost as many points as Joe Valeno in this tournament, except he was a defenseman on Six Germany. Six assists. Yeah. Did he have Seven in the end? games, I believe. Yes. Uh, he also ate someone's soul today. Oh, my God. More like more hit cider. More hit cider is right. He Like, he relegated that kid himself. <laughs> and I feel bad because that kid was hurt. Like, he ra- like his head slammed off the ice. Ooh. Back to the B division with you. Yeah, for real. There was another hit, re- not recently, but very similar, where the it was a hit like that, and the guy just was, like, stuck looking skywards. Um, that might have been someone cider hit in the AHL. <laughs> uh, 16.5% chance at second. Four, 14.4 at third and 50.6 at So basically we have a 32% chance of not being blindingly angry. Uh, 35. 35? Yeah. 18 plus whatever the hell you just said. 18 and a half plus 16 and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 35. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. More at Cider. Like that was a beautiful, clean, open ice hit. And like, I mean, this is 
a Kazakhstan forward. Like this team is going to be is relegated now. Like this kid cut across the middle with a big looming defenseman there. How many times do you have to say, "Don't skate across the ice with your head down"? He'll never make that mistake again. That guy, I promise. He, he doesn't even remember it. He, of course, he's going to make it happen again. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. cider is a train, and I cannot wait to see that in the NHL. Do they have hockey in the upside down? Well, because that's where that, that kid is now. You can ask him. <laughs> He ever comes back, you can ask him. Someone tweeted, uh, say I can't hi rem- to Hopper. I can't remember who it is, but they were like trying to hit Mo, Mo Sider if you're playing junior hockey right now. It's like hitting a redwood. <laughs> <laughs> it must be like running into a moving tree. It's like the Ents in Lord of the Rings, although they move much quicker. It's impressive that they actually managed to get skates on a literal moose. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's probably the best way you can describe him. The Red Wings are going to be a Big team soon, eh? Yeah. I mean, Tuomisto is a monster too. Like, Tuomisto. he's like 6'4 or something like that. Oh, that actually reminds me Rasmussen is starting to skate again. Oh, speaking of monsters, what's Rasmussen? 6'7? Yeah. Uh, 6'5, I think. Mantha's 6'5 or 6'4, 6'5. <laughs> God, Detroit's going to be big. Yeah. I mean, another guy, so Mantha doesn't fight because it always ends well, or it always ends poorly, but still. Uh, Michael Rasmussen is 6'6. Let's put the difference. <sighs> Mo Sider, great tournament. Germany stays up in the uh, a Division A. And is they that- have a much more favorable division next year. So because of the way this uh, seated, there is another group of death, but Canada and Germany avoided it. No, they also get the Slovaks. We, and the Swiss. Yeah. It's not an overly... Di- and the Finns. So it's not the most difficult group in the world. And then it's going to be Sweden, Russia, the States, and it doesn't matter. After that. <laughs> it's Austria. Oh. And the checks. Marco, Marco oh. Rossi dragged them in there kicking and screaming. Oh, man. Poor Austria. Rossi. That is going to be rough. I hope for Rossi's sake he gets drafted, plays in the NHL, and like stays there because <laughs> otherwise he's going to get slammed to that tournament. That's no. going to, yeah, that, that'll be bad. I don't know what the state of affairs is in the Austrian Hockey League, but when you look at every other hockey program in their pool, that's it's the, it's a it's a learning experience well that's what germany went through this year and they rattled off a win so no excuses austria you know what we joke but like good for austria like i love watching the newly promoted teams have they ever been in the world juniors i can't remember watching the austrians in the world juniors i'm sure it's happened like in the odd year when like thomas vanek was a junior yeah but yeah i can't remember it uh i will look it up and but yeah so it's the drawings for next year is done the the group of death lives on, and uh, for our sake, Canada avoided it. Uh, is that all about the World Juniors? Anything else that we want to talk about? Lafreniere, great. Oh, one more thing about uh, Byfield. Um, my take on Byfield is that he's young. This was his first World Juniors. He has a ton of older, more developed talent ahead of him. I wouldn't take this as too much of a hit to his draft stock. No. If anything, it's only a hit to his potential number one overall conversation. It's very rare that young, we'll say, franchise tag-like players come into this tournament and light the world on fire. 17-year-olds don't dominate this tournament, which, by the way, a 17-year-old who did play very well in this tournament is Jamie Drysdale, so that might oh, be a yeah. consideration for the Red Wings at four. Um but yeah, uh, Lafreniere was basically a non-factor last year. It's as a 17-year-old, Byfield was a non-factor this year. Tyler Sagan was cut from Team Canada his draft year. I remember that being a big deal. So, hey, you never know. It's all about exposure, really. At the end of the day, 
Uh, I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of people who are saying that he was you know invisible, and that's fair. But did you, he play a shift today? I, I literally don't think he did. I didn't. I don't think he did. Uh, let's move on. The Red Wings are at at the time of recording. They're about to play in like 25 minutes. Um, but based on our timing today, we had to record before the game uh, so we could sleep at some point. And also, uh, I'm playing hockey tonight. Hey, how are you playing hockey? It's almost exactly two months now. Which shoulder? Is that good? Is that good? It's good. Is that good? Will it hurt if I hit it hard enough? Yes. It's not good, but it's mobile now. So how are you playing hockey? Because it's mobile now. Is it no hitting tonight? Yeah, it's it's, it's pickup tonight. It's literally shinny. Oh, did I tell you guys about the jersey my buddy saw at his beer league game? Mm -mm. I I must have told you this. Wing wheel podcast. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is way worse. This is the most egregious effort against hockey i've ever experienced or heard of the wing wheel podcast he w- he wore a cut in half brett Favre jersey no not him but someone on the other team did a what, cut, what do you mean cut in half like you know in the nfl where someone like wore a like, belly what? shirt yeah where it's like they wear the jerseys and they're like abs or in my case guts to code <laughs> and it was a brett Favre jersey that is the- on the other team my buddy's like i i needed to bring my camera out but he, he couldn't because they couldn't get back to the room. So you could see like the top of the bottom of his shoulder pads. Like it a, only covered his shoulder pads and then his gut his was gut ju- out. And then it's a jersey, a regular football jersey to so his elbows be- or whatever. Oh. Like no, sh- no shirt, like no. straight gut. Yeah. That's amazing. I don't, <laughs> that's amazing. What do you, oh, I, that's incredible. Are you kidding? So first of all, that's, that's poised to be uh, one of the most horrendous on-ice injuries in hockey history. It's going to look like a Game of Thrones scene if he gets a Man, I would across slap the your belly with like, my stick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, belly. that would hurt so much with how cold your blade is. <laughs> Imagine the noise that would make. <laughs> yeah, like smacking a bare butt. <laughs> but that's incredible. I hate that it's a breath. I don't even know how I just thought about that. What were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't now. matter, really. Yeah. That yeah, had to now. be discussed. That is that is the whole episode. For Ev- the- Evan's big on his fashion because he got a pair of, pair of gloves uh, ordered in for, uh, through my work, and uh, oh. he got black, but they had the white stripes on them, and that was unacceptable. So he had to bring them in because it had to be all black. Has to be man. It has to match my <laughs> Gucci fanny pack out there. You have Gucci. Uh, what's it, what do you call those things that hold your blade on your skates? Runners. Yeah, you have yeah. to have Gucci runners. Balenciaga. Oh, don't give skates. me ideas. His, don't give me ideas. His visor's just blacked out. <laughs> I can't even see through it. That's amazing. (laughs) Why do you need to see through it? You stand at the blue line. You know the one zone. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the... uh, the, I'm like Neo. I don't need to see if you put the puck in my... I don't use my eyes. I don't need to see if you put the puck in my tape. Don't be a duster. I shouldn't make movie quotes. We'll lose more listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. We lost. Fill in the blank. Yeah. So so they lost to... Since we last spoke, they lost to uh, Dallas on Friday. I'm not going to lie. I... was watching that game in and out. Crystal was really sick that day, and uh, I took Mika out on the ice in the afternoon uh, to play hockey. I had some ice rented, and then it was Kiwanis at the odd. So as I was walking out of the box office, I'm like, hey, Crystal would probably appreciate us being out of the house longer. You got any tickets for the Rangers game tonight? And I did that instead. Nice. Yeah. It's hard to feel. It's like, oh, another Red Wings game. It's another 4-1 loss. Yeah. Well, it's getting hard to feel anything anymore. I'm, I'm numb. I, I'm in a great place, honestly. Like, what are you, we want the losses at this point. 
solidify that that best overall chance. We're, we're so far back. I don't even care anymore about wins or losses. It doesn't matter. Larkin scored. That's great. Uh, it was the mother's trip for the Red Wings, and I felt moms bad. looked like they had fun. The moms were like, "Oh wow." They're that bad, eh? That that group of moms is going to take uh, the term white girl wasted to a whole <laughs> new level having to watch this team. Moms are always like universally supportive. Like, no, honey, I'm sure it went great. And they watched the game. They went, oh, jeez. Jeez. That was right. <laughs> you, were, you were adopted, son. Darren Helm's uh, mom is the most like Western uh, Canada mom, hockey mom there is. Like, she's just prototypical, like Alberta. Or where Manitoba is he from? But did she have a Molson Ice probably? Jersey yeah, hold on. on. There's there's two two ways. I don't know what stereotype you're going with here. So are we talking like the cowboy boots, the cowboy hat, no, no, and no, like no. that, or are we talking like the flannel and the yelling? Uh, I, <laughs> more towards the latter, I'd say. Okay. She doesn't seem like a lovely woman, mind you. But okay, I like that they do the mom's trip. That's fun. Yeah, it's cool. I know what some other teams do it. They alternate like dad's trip one year, mom's trip another year. Um, who is? They were, I heard someone, it was like a radio interview. They're like, or maybe it was Larkin. He's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to have the moms. They're uh, a little bit more organized and under control. Yes. <laughs> when the dads come, it can uh, sometimes get out of hand. <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing shirt beers and just having a ridiculous amount. They're wearing of Brett Favre crop tops to the open, a dad <laughs> open ice skate. Oh, that kind of God. Thing. Yeah. They're, if I know anything about dad bods, they're at a, a high tier level. That oh, would yeah. absolutely be Bertuzzi's dad. Todd's brother, oh yeah. The um, the only dad that probably could still skate reasonably in the NHL is um, on Boston. What's that kid's name? McAvoy. DeBrusque. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah yeah. DeBrusque. Do you know how many NHL dads there are? I know, but that guy's the a Kachucks. But that guy's a mo- he's still built like a freak. Oh yeah, he would yeah. absolutely pummel some people. Yeah, that's like if I was a taller person, that would I would want that to be my build. Just like huge, and when you get older, you just still look huge. <laughs> Uh, so tonight's game is against Chicago in Chicago. So this is one that I hope the Red Wings like. I don't all tank and everything goes out the window. Just beat Chicago, so. buddy. We're thirteen points back at second last place. We can root for some wins here without some qualifiers. You notice how much more Letter Kenny he gets as he gets more like uh, deranged. <laughs> yes, like his work. Oh, like I found a toonie in my sock earlier. Today. Guy lives in Breslau. <laughs> thinks he lives in the boonies. Can. <laughs> Flood his field and do some mud wrestling. Fun fact, I play for the same senior A team that Jared Kiesel's brother used to play for. So there you go. Only you would know that. It's because I'm actually like, you've met Helen. He's come out and played hockey with us. He was our backup goalie when you played with us. Yes. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> Despite Brad's best intentions, we are close enough to the border where we can still make fun of people with heavy Canadian accents. So um, they have... Take, take about 20% off there, bud. Yeah, just something like that. Yeah. Uh, they have Chicago, Montreal before we speak next. Uh, Larkin's comments about the All-Star game, more or less, like, tongue-in-cheek. I don't think he meant too much by it. I think it was more funny than anything. Uh, Brian Burke, who I've gone on record to say I think he's incredibly entertaining. And if you want your one controversial, entertaining person that you're going to disagree with and get angry about. Brian Burke's a good example. Uh, he went on Chicklets and uh, basically ripped Larkin a new one and said, if I was a coach, I would come down and, you know, tear Larkin's head off. And that was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And just tore into him. And it's like, you know what? There's Bur- a reason why he's not a coach. Yeah. Look, Berkey, I, I understand the notion there, but make the all-star game worth something then. And also <clears throat> let's say Larkin was a thousand percent serious. How do you blame the kid? This season is, he has a bigger grind this season than any other young leader in the NHL. 
It's also the All Star Game isn't what it used to be when Brian. It was Brian Burke's era, era where How all or... the All Stars who are deserved All Stars are there. Now it's kind of just a spectacle to make money. It's not this. It's not viewed the same with the same lens anymore. Um, it's so the more stars that don't want to go, I don't care. It's like you have like Jordan Martinuk making it one year. Like it's all. I'm not saying it's not the guys don't deserve to be there, but it's kind of like you have players sitting out voluntarily. You have uh, like guys making it just because of the hometown guy, and they needed someone to fill in. Because every team needs a representative for some reason. Yeah, you have that arbitrary rule, which applies some years and not others. The competition changes every year. The the, the way they pick the teams changes every year. It's all kind of bizarre, and it's like I don't blame anyone for not taking it seriously the the season is such a grind and it's it's tough you know being a successful team and it's also super tough being a bad team like you just need a break minnesota really has it figured out i just sit middle of the road no one bugs you exactly (laughs) nobody even talks about you so yes if i was a 20 uh, a young 20 something with millions of dollars and my team is garbage yes i would prefer to be in bora bora for a week doing nothing but not thinking about hockey he's gonna get off the plane into bora bora look at his phone and it's gonna be like six text messages from jeff Blashill, and just wind up and woof, throw that thing out right into the jungle i don't know what bora bora has jungle he, he's gonna eat no. that thing into the ocean yeah that that thing will have been yoked <laughs> I need to leave. It was yoded. Speaking uh, of which, got to go to the uh, Linamar All Star Game. Oh, I, no, I, we don't. Oh boy! There All right, three people out there. <laughs> I'm curious to know how that many. Uh, eh? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm curious to know how your Evan Lobb speaker statistician is going to record this. You leaving halfway through a podcast. You know what? It'll uh, test his integrity as a statistician. How's he going to? Yeah, this count. This counts as an appearance. Yes. And uh, I think he's going to have to record this whole thing as an average time. Regardless, Evan. It's been a pleasure. I'll oh, see you Thursday. See you Thursday. Good luck with the new gloves. Oh, oh yeah. The dog's going to freak out. She's right outside. Okay, I'll make as much noise as possible. Yeah. yeah uh, we fun. know that. Um, yeah, that, that Evan Lobspeaker account was like, do you guys want to release? Just open the door. Yeah, you're good. Uh, okay, that Evan Lobspeaker guy was uh, on Twitter, and he was like, do you want me to release the stats? Like the spreadsheet? And I was like, I cannot for the life of me uh understand what would possess a person to do this uh but i'm morbidly curious and he has a whole spreadsheet with like different stats and like how long i've been talked and the average amount of time and his appearances and the streak what i want to know this is does he do this manually or does he have some kind of bot set up because if he's doing this manually oh my god i don't think you could have a bot set up like just like a voice recognition something or other that just picks it out and then record i don't know oh man I if he has that, can he get in touch with us? Because then I would love to know. Because we could probably use that for post episode editing. That's way more technology than we're using. Um, okay, some other news stories. I don't know if there's no nothing else really relevant to talk about for the Red Wings. Michael Rasmussen skating again, which is good news. Um, Until he inevitably gets injured in three weeks again. I think everything aside here like yes obviously rasmussen looking back now isn't the optimal pick where they picked him and yes his offensive ceiling isn't where the team claimed it was at the time but you still want to root for the guy and you still know he can make an impact i mean if this is a third line guy who can play center maybe or even be an effective third line winger who slots in on the power play net front um and can slot up in case of injury then yeah you want him to be successful um 
And he has looked good this year when he's been healthy. But the issue has been the health. So. Has he played 10 games yet? Mm, let's look at it. That's the issue. Like, I'm not off the Michael Rasmussen train, but, like, he since even before we drafted him, he's been perpetually injured. Yeah. It's been he played he's played exactly ten games. Which is disappointing. Yeah. He did play a full sixty five games last year between the NHL and the AHL. Well, like three games in the AHL, sixty two in the NHL. Um he's still twenty years old. So yeah, it's fair for you to say you wish the Red Wings wouldn't have taken him. Yeah, it's fair for you to say, um oh To be fair, that draft sucked. There wasn't a lot behind him. Nikash. Nichash, Suzuki. Vlardy's back on the ice. Yeah, but if, we're, if I'm complaining about Rasmussen's injuries. Oh, can you imagine with Vlardy? That was a, a bullet dodged. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do they call up Mo Sider this year? Uh, I don't see why not. If, if they want to slide his ELC, you can get him at least nine games. Uh, the extra experience isn't bad. Um, this team can't go any worse. They're literally already playing for nothing and have been for like a month. Uh, I would. I mean, I don't know if I call him up for 5, 9, 20 games. I don't know. You know what they're going to do? They're going to call him up when we're in Grand Rapids and send him down when we're in Detroit. Yeah, probably. Um, I th- I would say sl- I would say Burn is ELC. Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly – I don't have a strong opinion on this one one way or the other. I'm not honestly. so solid where I was with like Zadina this year where you're like, yeah, no slide or burn it. Um, like definitely with Sedina made more sense to burn it, but with, with most cider this year, yeah, I would lean more towards burning it. I think you get that contract in sooner and let's just imagine he's the only premier defenseman Detroit's had or Detroit has at his time of signing. There was a time where Danny DeKaiser was the only premier defenseman of the future and he got overpaid. So you don't want Detroit to get in that trap again. Mind you, Steve Eisman's a different GM than who was signing those contracts, but I digress. Um, we'll see. I really just hope we can see him play in person in Grand Rapids or Detroit. Um, okay. Uh, Jim Montgomery released a personal statement of sorts to uh, basically come out and not exactly talk about what specific act got him fired. Uh, but he talked about how he is uh, suffering from, uh, he is a, a current alcoholic and he has voluntarily, uh, checked himself into an inpatient uh, treatment center for that. So good for him. Um, alcoholism is a disease, and I'm, I'm glad he's seeking treatment. Um, for those of you who are saying he shouldn't be fired for being an alcoholic, uh, you're right. No one should be fired for that. They should be given help. But we are still missing what the uh, you know, material act of unprofessionalism was. So that hasn't been released, um, but it has now been confirmed that it is uh, related to alcohol. So uh, good on Jim Montgomery for seeking help. And and it's nice that there is some closure here and, and you have to root for the guy because by all rights, he's a great coach. Um, and even if he wasn't, you want to see people get better. And thus ends our what did Jim Montgomery do? I thought for sure it would have been doubling on a dealer 10. Uh he might be blacklisted from the league if he did that. <laughs> no, you, we, I hope we, we can see him come back to hockey one day. Um, and that's saying that without knowing um, the specific details. And I don't think we will at this point. And uh, I think that's okay. Um, Corey Perry, five-game suspension. Enough? No. Good God, no. Why, if they were in the realm of five games, did they not invite him to an in-person hearing? You could still give him five or less. Or is it? 
Yeah, no, you can give him as much as you want with an in-person hearing. It's a wide open book. Invite him for an in-person hearing. I don't understand why that wasn't. I think it should have been more as well. Um, that's a disgusting predatory hit that could have been way, 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 way worse. Blind side hit directly to the head. This is the exact type of hit the NHL is trying to get rid of. So they suspend the guy five games without even offering an in-person hearing. I think they got it wrong by at least half. Um, he will be missing his homecoming to Anaheim. Which is, he should be missing more games. Regardless, um, I saw a lot of people giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, yeah, okay, no. but it's Corey Perry, so I'm not sure where that's coming from. Um, yeah, no. I do believe that Corey Perry did it and saw what he did or like realized what happened and immediately regretted it, but he still did the thing. Do you think they reduced it just because his walk of shame was equivalent of like four games? Probably, yeah, because that gift is going to be used for a long time. Uh, anything else before we head into overtime? No. Do you want to talk about your uh, Buffalo Bills some more? No. What was with that lateral? No. <laughs> uh, overtime on this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is brought to you by Motor City Garages. Uh, they're a family-owned and operated business servicing Metro Detroit. They do garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks, wall storage... <laughs> helping your friend after his devastating playoff loss and everything to do with your car enough of the messy garages everyone is sick of walking through it's time to turn it into something useful whether you'd like to work on your car or if you'd like an organized space we have you covered 3d designs and a lifetime warranty motor city garages park in style we will start out with patreon where our patrons get their comments read out on air as our way of saying thank you for supporting the show uh, Paul Brita says, just started listening a month ago and enjoy your podcast. When do you guys think the wings will have enough cap space to consider serious talent in the UFA and RFA market to supplement young talent? Uh, first of all, Paul, thank you for supporting, uh, the wind wheel podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, glad you're enjoying it. Um, as far as cap space goes, they could do it now if they wanted. Yes. They have tons of cap space. That's not an issue when they should is another debate entirely because that would depend on where you think they're at in the rebuild and if you think they're still three four years out probably not the best time to be throwing a ton of money around yeah it depends on the age of the guy that they're picking up um if it's an rfa then you're looking at someone a little bit younger but then more assets being handed out but then again it depends on the caliber of player they have a lot of money coming off the books um athens bertuzzi ernie fabry um perlini um and N on forward, Green, Daly, uh, Bowie, Biega, Jimmy Howard, Erickson, Erickson Mantha, yeah. Franzen's LTIR ends this year. Yep. Um, all, obviously, a lot of those guys are going to be re-signed, but there's going to be a lot of money coming off the books. So, yeah, it's, it's about when I would say you start going after, say it was like a Taylor Hall guy closer to 30 than not, but at his, his caliber. You start going after those two years from now. Maybe not next season, although if you're close next season, you might just do it. But the season after is where you need to try to start stock your team with that. I think that's still soon enough, uh, but not so late where it's too far away. 
Uh, Matt says, hey guys, I'm a new listener and while searching for a support group for people who love to punish themselves, I was glad to find this show. Welcome to the Dub Dub family, Matt, and uh, glad you found us. Uh, it's nice to find a few people to help me have a few laughs while I cry watching these games. Anyways, here's a question. If you could swap Bowie to the wing and Abdulkader to D, who do you think would perform better? Feels like a, a bit like a win-win since neither are particularly good in their current roles. Thanks for all your hard work on the show. I really appreciate it. Bowie by a mile. Defense is harder than forward, so you'd just be putting a bad player in a worse situation i actually think that we could be a usable fourth line winger i think just nablocator might be one of the worst players in nhl history if you tried him on defense uh yeah bowie is you would essentially be allowing him to do what he does now but with no guilt and i don't want to comment on abdicator because it just feels like piling on uh thomas anderson says hello gentlemen uh sent you an email a few weeks ago but never got my question discussed oh sorry man i'll go back and check that uh i usually try to answer those um if i haven't answered yet uh, we do get a lot of email questions, so feel free to keep sending those. First thing, uh, your dark gray fitted long sleeve shirt is great. It was my Christmas gift to myself this year. Thank you for supporting the show. That's amazing. If you ever uh, get some uh, swag, tweet it out to us. Um, question is, are you aware of any red, current Red Wings and or Griffins that listen to your show? Thanks, Tom from Michigan. It's current Red Wings. We don't have any confirmation. Management is one that we can. We've got We've got reasonable confidence that at points not regularly at points uh red wings management has tuned in or at or at least followed on twitter and and like we're talking not not necessarily eisman but like high up enough that it filled me with paranoia yeah there's (laughs) i don't i wouldn't go out and like name names because it's nothing we can say confidently but no uh it's i think we could reasonably say that within the organization yeah as for players i mean if i had to hazard a guess i'm sure players might like look from time to time but not listen really they Uh, might have stumbled across our tweets at a time or two but i'd be shocked if any of them actually listened i say yeah when we got wind of that i we had that paranoia and then i just have to remind myself you know can't think about it because i'll freak myself out (laughs) yeah uh haroon khan says hey guys how much do you think mantha will sign for and does he still hit 30 goals uh no and i'll say six by six uh oh six by six would be nice maybe seven um in in dollars not years also what would one trade eiserman uh should what's one trade eiserman should most definitely make before the end of this year in your review literally Uh, abdicator for mcdavid it might be tough convincing holland to do it though literally any contract offload to maximize assets and i'm talking if it's green for a sixth you do it like that kind of thing um there if there's increased interest in glenn denning or helm helm would be one that i would think would be really great um because some teams might actually value him still so you might get like a fourth round pick for him and it gets another near four million dollars off the books for next season as well it really stinks to think that this detroit team might not hit 20 wins on the year all detroit sports are pretty depressing right now but the red wings seem to be the only ones with a glimmer of hope let's go red wings I try not to think about it. Evan Beckner says, Hey guys, I decided to watch the world junior tourney more closely this year uh, than any before in hopes of learning more about the upcoming draft class. Really wish I didn't. Cause all I learned is that it's going to really suck when the wings don't draft Alexi Lafreniere. Sure. The class is deep and there's going to be great talent available at fourth, uh, but only one of these kids is out there doing Datsuk stuff. Anyways, I just want to say I support Ryan and his position on Costco instant mashed potatoes. Thanks for being entertaining as always. Thank you, Evan. Thank you. I caught more heat for that than I did for my Jake Muzzin thing. <laughs> Man, um, uh, Toronto friends, it's the hockey world, and you, we make friends with people in the hockey world, and Toronto's one of the biggest 
the biggest fear in the hockey world. Uh, uh, some Toronto friends have unfollowed me after the whole Mantha thing. And I was like, that is so soft. That is so incredibly soft. Like, yeah, you might have disagreed with my take, but if you read any of my replies, when people disagreed with me, I was like, okay, that's a, yeah, I can see why you disagree. Let's talk about it. That is the softest thing in the world. Someone disagrees and I no longer want to. It's sad. How people get sad over hockey. Anyways, doesn't bother me. Very obviously. Austin uh, Heuser says, Gents, as a listeners, listen, I'm sitting uh, lower bowl at my first lottery bowl game of the year, Wings at Hawks. My guess, as I write this post from the past, we are currently down 3-2. Burton Zadina have the goals, and we ultimately lose 5-3. How spooky would it be if I was right? Anyways, uh, do you think the Mannheim steamroller gets any games in Detroit this year? Love to see Stevie get him <laughs> eight games, not burn the ELC, and see what he really has. Love the show. Let's go Red Wings. Um, I would say he does get games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I won't say for sure, but I, I would guess that he does get games. Yeah. Liz B says, so when exactly will the Red Wings officially have last place locked up? Oh, 82 games makes that hard to do. Are you talking statistically or like practically? Because now. Assuming the top three go Lafreniere, Byfield, Raymond, who would you want them to take at four? And who, if anyone, would you want uh, to stay far away from? Oh, boy. Um, okay. So here's, here's an interesting take that I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me on. So the part that I think a lot of people will agree. I think right now the three guys I would lean to wanting to take at four would be Holtz, yep. Stutzler, Stutzler, and Drysdale. I'm exactly the same as you. The one I would avoid after getting to watch him in person on Friday night, Perfetti. Yeah. I, uh, you definitely see the strengths of his game. Uh, unlike Cole Caulfield, I think he's going to have a very hard time getting it to translate to the NHL. Not that he won't, but man, did he put himself in the in a bad position with the puck a lot. Because And for a guy his size, it was almost surprising the reason. It's because he was too patient with it. Yeah, There was a lot of times he needed to just make the play, and he didn't. And that concerns me, especially for a smaller player, because there were a few times he held it long enough to the point where he got pasted. So I think he's still a top 10 pick, but I don't think and at least on my list i don't know if he'll be a i'm gonna watch him a few more times obviously before i cement this but i don't know if he'll be a top five consideration at this point uh mark says hey boys i hope you're recovering all right from the holidays i'm taking the train down to chicago with some buddies to see the wings at the united center and hear chelsea dagger played and sang five four or five times by annoying blackhawks fans who already forgot how miserable their franchise has been for the vast majority of its existence what other buildings have you seen nhl games in and or what other annoying traditions do other teams have around the league that you know of uh, I can't say I've seen many annoying traditions. I saw the woo. <laughs> yeah, the woo in Detroit. Uh, Madison Square Garden, the one game I went to was a morgue. To be in their defense, the Rangers were getting killed that game. Uh, Bell Center was insane, super loud, didn't pick up on any weird traditions. Buffalo was a good time. Uh, Do you want to know one thing I don't like about Madison Square Garden? Mm. The Broadway-style lighting where they super light up the ice and they bring the lights down to the stands. I don't mind you, that. When you watch on TV, it just looks dark. It looks depressing to be in. I don't. I didn't mind that, though. In the arena, like it was it was neat. Yeah, I guess it, it just matters more what it's like there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think it makes for good TV, but what do I know? Yeah. Um, 
we are I'm not going, watching the stands, Ryan. We are going to Arjun Shanker, who says, so I may have said this previously, upgraded my seat for the Red Wings at Avs game to a glass seat. What I didn't know until just recently was apparently those glass seats entitled me to get into the arena an extra half hour early in the lounge. Uh, seeing as it's a 1 p.m. game on a Monday local time, I'll be getting shithoused at the Pepsi Center at 11.30 a.m., which is basically 30 minutes after I'd get to work anyways on a Monday. The benefits of working for a software engineering company. <laughs> also, apparently that lounge is a spot near where the players uh, for both teams do their hallway warm-ups and whatnot and they sometimes come by and sign stuff so i'll be taking an unnumbered jersey and a sharpie in case the guys are in a good mood before the game keep an eye out for me at the game i should be on the glass near the face-off circle on the side of the red wings bench two weeks uh two weeks ago and honestly even though i know how this team is doing i couldn't be more excited sorry for the long post by the way i was thinking maybe you use um an Athens CU time ba- uh, or a time-based rate for the off-limits star, so you can't just drop into 20 and go on a rant. I was thinking a loony a second. On that note, sorry about your bills, Rob. <laughs> Garrett TV says, Hockey Amigos, one final update from the What Did Jim Montgomery Do news team. Turns out it was alcohol abuse, uh, which is obviously no joke, so despite the fun we've had with the situation's ambiguity, let's hope Montgomery and others in his position get the support needed to right the ship. Very well said. Question, assuming Lafreniere's taken, is there any chance the Wings pass on Byfield? Man, I'm I'm a big, big Lucas Raymond fan, so I would not be entirely off base with do, off board of doing that. I'm going to do a thing that I hate doing, uh, but Brad was incredibly right about something, and um, that was coming into the World Juniors, everyone was discussing, does Byfield have a chance at number one overall? And Brad was saying, the gap between one and two is bigger than the gap between two and three, and he is incredibly right. I think switching out Byfield with you know Raymond or depending on your disposition, Stutzla or Holtz or whoever uh, is way more reasonable than taking anyone but Lafreniere first overall. Uh, I was looking into quickly looking back into Eisenman's drafts in Tampa, and they picked uh, between sixteen to eighteen centers in his tenures. Uh, tenure. Some listed as center, others were a center winger. Only two of those were taller than six one and half were under five eleven. Obviously, there's more to a draft than just size, but unscientifically, those ratios are a bit more extreme than other uh, teams in the same time frame. Basically, perhaps Eisenman prefers a smaller center. What are the odds that we draft this year's Kotkaniemi, Hayton, Sider, other slightly off-the-board pick? Keep getting pucks deep. Let's go Red Wings. <laughs> Depends where we pick. Because if we're picking one, I don't think we do. But no, Eisenman's track record of size is just because other teams still overvalue size. So it's not that he's overvaluing or undervaluing size. It's just that better players slip to him because of the mistakes other teams are picking. Him. Teams who value size end up picking guys like Antituomisto instead of Nils Hoaglander. Or Michael Rasmussen instead of Nick Suzuki. Uh, mistakes like that are made, and Eisenman's the guy who's coming in behind and grabbing the Suzukis and the Braden Points of the world because other teams made poor decisions. Uh, moving on, we have Matt Cheney says, Hey, Dub Dub, just got back from a very productive meeting with the devil. We agreed to an eight year, one firstborn son contract for my rights to use a pentagram. First order of business is to summon the Dark Lords to alter the timeline and make sure we draft first and not fourth. I don't know why Brad didn't truly think of this. Totally selfish of him. If Geralt of Rivia was a hockey player, what position would he play and what kind of player would he be at that position? If who was who? Uh, the Witcher. Uh, it's Henry Cavill's new Netflix show. Not seen that yet. Uh, Geralt of Rivia would be a right-handed uh, two-way defenseman that would be absolutely crushed, like crushing. Oh my god, it's Mo Sider. <laughs> <laughs> Geralt of Rivia, aka Mo Sider. Have you seen them in the same room? 
if Mo Sider goes as Geralt of Rivia, well, he would have to like double his muscle mass to go as him, but still. Uh, Dylan Krill says, hey guys, if you were each GM of the Red Wings for one day and you were allowed to make one impact trade, who would uh, you target to trade away and who do you want to trade for? Also- Abdulkader for McDavid. I would look to trade away Abdulkader or Nielsen if possible. If not Helm, I mean, who would I trade for? Assets. <laughs> yeah. Like literally picks. Uh, both of Ottawa's first round picks. What's worse, the Detroit Red Wings season, the wooing at the LCA, or Franz Nielsen's tape job? Uh, trick question. They're all equally terrifying. Uh, I really, I, I, I feel bad. Because I don't want, like, I understand people are doing this because there's nothing else good. And it's not, not like I lose sleep, but I genuinely think little wooing is so dumb. And people tweet at me like, sorry for having fun. I'm like, look, man, you can do it. I change nothing in this world. And I'm not mad at you. I just was like, it sucks. All right, the Red Wings season, though. They have, like, four points. It's the worst thing in the world. Did you see Franz Nielsen uses a goalie knob? Okay, I changed my answer. That is It's terrible. a goalie knob. That's terrible. So when people tweeted at me. And, like, Nick Lidstrom used the same one. Well, first, Franz Nielsen's not Nick Lidstrom. And second, truly, nobody is perfect. Uh, Joseph Delia says, Sup, my dude, since Brad's favorite defenseman can't play D, uh, his new name is Madison Bowie, or is Mason Bowie, D now not included. Do you guys ever listen to the game? Paul Woods is unbearable, constantly talking about how good Abdul Cater is. I never hear Paul Woods, but I see a lot of people talking about it. Where does he broadcast? It must be a radio thing. Yeah, I yeah. don't know who Paul Woods is. His fasc- fascination with Jeff Carter getting traded, even though he has a no movement clause. Can't do it anymore. When are one of you guys taking over his job? I want the Bach. How do we get the Bach? Sorry about this rambling. Thanks, dudes. The Bach? Dominic Bach? Sure. Uh, Austin Hoiser <laughs> says second comment of the pod holy shit cider just killed a guy reminded me of the Stevens on Korea hit Mannheim's team roller Jared Mello says based on Askarov's world junior performance do you think that his draft stock has dropped or is this sample size too small to draw any concrete conclusion too small he had one bad game it was fine too small playing against uh, more developed competition I mean, isn't he playing pro in Russia right now against men very true uh, Eric Schumann says hey fellas been listening since the start first time commenting on Patreon thank you Eric for supporting the show uh, do you think at this point it's safe to say that all this Zadina panic was overblown nine points in 17 games and not looking terribly out of place despite how much of a dumpster fire the season has been for the team as a whole anyways thanks again and keep up the great content I think it was overblown I don't think Zadina is going to be as good as we thought he was when he was drafted but I also don't think he's going to be a bust and still will be a quality top six winger I agree with Brad that's exactly it uh is his absolute ceiling disappeared no but I think the likelihood of reaching that is significantly lower but if this guy still slots in as a you know top line or second line winger then great he's a if he's a 25 30 goal scorer we're still happy uh there's facets to Zadina's game that people don't realize which is his playmaking ability and his uh, effectiveness in other areas of the ice um if that keeps rounding out then yeah if he has another full 82 game like great season next year then you can confidently say that all of the the panic was overblown. Rowan says, Good day, dead duds. Hard to believe the Red Wings 2020 winning streak ended at zero after that loss to Rob's beloved stars. What a shame his Bills choked and couldn't get him the double this weekend. At least he can cling to some kids playing hockey versus Russia. Oh, and, and just on the World Juniors, this is your reminder that Australia remains undefeated. That is true. Um, after, day, after today, 39 more games to go, only 50 days until the trade deadline and 173 days until the draft. Jersey time, best World Junior jersey from this year. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm always a huge sucker for the three crowns, the Swedish three crowns. Yellow or blue? 
Uh, yellow. The yellows, I'll agree with that. I'm just trying to run through all the teams. Okay. Canada's black. If I have to pick two jerseys, the top two jerseys from this tournament, Germany's whites, Canada's blacks. Uh, it's, Brad, we've agreed more this episode than we have in a long time, and I don't like it. <laughs> Get out. Uh, Rester des sacs de fromage frais. Stay fresh cheese bags. That's what he was said. Uh, all right. We have time for some Reddit comments. Uh Top comment is from DHO41 and says, Hey guys, love the work you guys do. Just wanted to say hi. Um, also, I heard something was curious to hear your take. I have a friend that's related to someone pretty high up in the org and actually followed him from Tampa. Apparently, Eisenman doesn't value coaches very much and thinks that talented teams will win regardless of most coaches. Do you think that's true? And if so, what does that mean for Blashill? Um, it's true to an extent. Um, I mean, Randy Carlisle's got a cup. Yeah. So there's some credence to it. But mm, I don't fully buy it. A, a good coach can turn a team around. Look at Barry Trotz. Uh, yeah, I, I think this has been chatted about a lot of places recently, but we've seen this shift in recent years across all pro sports, really. But it's just now seeping into the NHL where the stars and the leaders do drive more of the team than the coaches. But I don't think coaches have no impact, and I don't think that's the way Eisman values them. Though in this situation... If you apply all the conditions of this situation, I'm sure Blashill is the least of Eisenman's worries because he's actually, in a freaky way, better for the team. If he thinks he's bad, he's better for the team for the tank. And if he thinks he's good, then he's not worried because he'll wait until he has a good team before evaluating him. True. Also, if you don't think a coach matters, just look at Toronto's Babcock record this year and their Keefe record this year. Yes. Um, They are the best team in the NHL with Keefe. It's not. Yeah. Like Since Keefe took over, they have the best record in the league. Um, Yarvik seven says, uh, I mentioned the same thing about Larkin and Burke. Uh, what suggestions do you have for making the all-star game more interesting and fun to watch more head to head competition stuff? I don't want guys racing a timer or a clock. I want them on the ice at the same time, trying to beat each other. No more one player at a time. Like we talked about that target tree where Ben and Sagan were doing it with dude perfect or whatever it was more stuff like that. Where it's a direct competition where you're interacting with each other. It's not like you're skating a lane beside each other. I want you guys like do a some variation of like one-on-one forward defenseman type competition. Like I don't care. Uh, Darren Fox and Joe Cool Reed both have similar questions. Uh, with who do you see falling to the wings with their two seconds, and who do you want the Red Wings to get at thirty-two? Um, um <laughs> Paterka right now out of everybody who's realistically going to the second round. So that would be mine it's it's i think this is difficult um i'm not going to pretend i'm in tune enough to know and even the guys who do know the purported second round talents at this time last year mo cider was a second round talent so you can talk about that i'll have to that that'll have to be once draft coverage really starts will i be able to reasonably answer yeah and i'm gonna have to like put more effort into scouting depth of the draft because detroit's gonna be picking so high i've been divulging all my prospect time into like the top seven or eight guys of the draft which is really what you want from us right now uh we have time for some asked hashtag ask WWPs on Twitter. Drew Mello says, how much bigger can Sider realistically get over the next few years? It's been fun watching him make the big hits at the junior level, but will he be able to keep it up once he's fully transitioned to the NHL? At his age and his height, I'd be surprised if he's not able to put on another 10 to 20 pounds of muscle mass still. Uh, yeah, he has the frame. If he stops growing now, he has the frame to still fill out a lot. Uh, and he has the footwork to afford it. 
So, so long as he keeps on top of his skating and he does that gradual, you know, strength increase, he should be able to translate his physical game reasonably well. He's not going to light up everyone like he did that, that the Kazakh player, but still. I don't know. He's been lighting up some dudes in the A. Um, Blackbeard says, yeah, this might be extremely wishful thinking, but what are the thoughts on Valeno becoming our eventual Patrice Bergeron? That will be the steal of the decade if Valeno becomes Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, he won't be Patrice Bergeron. Maybe he'll be a Patrice Bergeron just in a lesser role. Um, Eric, and this was back from December 30th, but I love this question. Pick one. Package A, Moritz Sider and Antti Tuomiso. Package B, Trevor Zegras and Niels Hoaglander. It's tough, eh? Zegras and Hoaglander. I think so, too. Yeah, man, I can't. My love for Cider, I'm still not overly big on till I can see what Tuomisto does above a finished junior league. Yeah, I, I, I Tuomisto has done better or like has done well since being drafted, but Hoaglander seems like that guy where all of us were screaming, take him, and the team that took him is laughing now. Yeah. All right, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. We're going to go track down Evan. Uh, he's out in the street with no shoes. We're looking out the window right now. Um, we want to thank all of our listeners, uh, all of our name-level sponsors. Guys, there's a, a table update coming soon. Uh, Daniel Rossi from RD Woodworking, rdwoodworking.ca. Go check it out. Uh, is We're chatting right now, so uh, hopefully that will be coming in the next little while. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our name-level sponsors. I love my playoff-bound Packers, Scott Martin, Luke Johnson, Mitchell Schinkowski, key arjun shanker arjun who i played rocket league with uh he's much better than me uh, yep game update one nothing red wings on a power play goal from zadina philip zadina amazing um hassam al kassam clayton van dyken mike reed aaron taylor langa beer matthew m rice kayla thompson ryan lewis sean levine matt mckay hannah lee kaylin wood jacob turner charlie elkins john evans rob thiel craig kibble stan olsen Connor Leighton, brand new name level sponsor, uh, Danny Jr., Kwaz, and Simon Anderson, who gave us these amazing Russian five nesting dolls. Thank you all so much. I have to go make a gift of Zadina scoring. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at wingedwheelpod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.